Hello, and welcome to episode 120 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Sharla. And I could just see the gesturing out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Sharla started early this week. Normally she did. She we had it all set up before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to do the mute, unmute dance. So I was trying to be. <laughs> All right. So this week on the podcast, it is another listener Q&A, which, as you know, makes us so, 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 so many different types of happy because they're just our favorite episodes to record. And we did just did one a couple weeks ago. I had to laugh because my husband asked me what the topic was today. And I said it was listener Q&A. And he was like, again? Like, all right, you know what? You don't get a vote. (laughs) (laughs) We had more questions, um, which we were thrilled about. Yeah, as soon of course, as soon as we stopped recording, I got three more, and then now we have a couple more than that. So, yep. If you that if you guys keep sending them, we'll keep answering them. That's right. Keep them coming. Um, And if we get like a steady stream of them, eventually it could become sort of a segment in the podcast where we just you know answer a different question every week. So, um, you know, we tend to clump them up together, but you know, if if we're getting them on a regular basis, um, you know, we can certainly break them up, whatever, whatever you guys like more really is what it comes down to. Um, but for now we've got a bunch of questions that we will get to because for the first time in forever, (laughs) sorry. Um, we actually have Disney news, which I feel like we haven't had in so long. I feel like no news comes for a really, really long time. And then out of nowhere, it's like, Bam, we have everything. Yes, all the news. All right, so Heather, I'm going to start with the Disneyland news, and I'm putting very large quotation marks around news because it it is like it is news, but it isn't really news. But it's I, let's call it an update, shall Here we? Go. <laughs> Explain. So, um, God, was it last week? I feel like it was late last week. Disney, it wasn't even really Disneyland. The state of California put out um, new guidelines because they have been working with Disneyland, but then also all of the other major theme parks in the state who have now been closed for just about a year, about a week out from a year. Um, And so they've been working with them to try to get them reopened. Um, And so they put out new guidelines saying that when the county that each theme park is located in reaches what California is calling the red tier, the theme parks are allowed to open in a limited capacity. And so Disneyland then released further details saying that once Orange County, where they are located, reaches the red tier, they will be opening at 15% capacity and only to California residents. So no booking those Disneyland vacations (laughs) yet. (laughs) The hotels are not open. (laughs) Nothing is open except the theme parks. And I should also point out, as of this recording, Orange County, Ventura County, Los Angeles County, where all of the major theme parks are located, are in the more restrictive purple tier. No one has reached the red tier yet. So as of April 1st, which is the date that they are allowed to open, they may not be in that red tier. So I'm going to say, I know that Orange County is closer than LA and Ventura County because there's less people in that county. So they've had less cases. Um, So I know that they're close, whether or not they make that April 1st date, I don't know. I also don't think Disneyland will open on April 1st. Well, they also said, Disneyland also said um, they need at least once they reach red capacity, they need a month to restaff and retrain. So yeah. there's literally no way they'll be open on 
April 1st, but maybe May 1st. And I'm I also think <laughs> also Ventura County, which is the county, it's two counties north of Orange County, and it's where, um, you know, Magic Mountain, maybe you've heard of it's our Six Flags Park out here. Um, that's where um, Six Flags is located, and they have gone in between red and purple, red and purple, red and purple, back and forth for, I would say, like the last five months. So just because a county goes into the red does not mean it cannot come back to purple. And so right. I wonder if Disneyland, just to be smart, is going to take their time and not open super fast, because I can't imagine that they are allowed to open and then they have to shut down again. That's not good for anybody. It's not right. good for the, the cast members. It's not good for yeah. the bottom line of the company. So I, I think that they're just going to take their time with this one. Yeah. And now don't quote me on this because I don't remember where I heard it, but I thought I read somewhere that um, they said that Disneyland would not be reopening until they were allowed to open to 25% capacity. That would be the minimum percentage that they would consider reopening under. I haven't heard that but I hope it's false because when Disneyland opens at 15% capacity, I will buy myself a ticket. I have not bought a <laughs> Disneyland ticket in forever. I will buy myself a ticket because that is going to be the best day you could ever possibly have at a Disney right? park. I'm best sorry. 50, me and 3,000 other people, I am there. Like That's going to be the most fun you could ever have at <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> we were, I was at the Magic Kingdom one time during a hurricane and they said there were at the end of the night, they had said there were like 6,000 people in the park. And if you don't, if you've never been there when it is completely empty, you don't know how few people there there are. I mean, we could literally ride everything just and without even having to get up and go through the queue. They just let us sit. We rode Big Thunder Mountain, I think about 10 times without getting off and coming back around. It is empty. It's amazing when that happens. I mean, just the dream of like not having to bump into 10 billion people while you're trying to walk down Main Street mm -hmm. or like a yeah. three hour wait for Space Mountain. It's that I am living the dream at that point. Like I'm yeah. here for that. Yeah. I was Pandemic there. aside, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was there in the days after um, immediately following 9-11. I think I we checked into the Contemporary on September 15th of 2001. And that it's, it is a terrible reason for the parks to be empty. I want to be clear that I'm not making light of that day. Um, but it was kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there was literally nobody there. Um, you know, they put us in a theme park view room. We had paid for like a standard garden way, you know, like it was, you know, there was, there yeah. was, I mean, you could walk down Main Street USA and be one of maybe five people <laughs> that, yeah. you, that you could see, you know, it was eerie, um, but kind of uh, all right, so that's the Disneyland news. Don't get too excited. Don't book any plane tickets. Everybody keep we'll your fingers crossed and wear your masks and get your vaccines. And the more yes. we do that, the faster Disneyland's going to be open. Exactly. And I miss it. I would like to go. So please do that for me. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, other good news. Blizzard Beach has officially reopened. So that's exciting. Um, masks are required under certain circumstances, but you know, not when you're swimming and not, I believe when you're in line. Yeah. I heard that when you're in line, they're not required, but you can wear them if you want, but they are, I, I want to say prohibited yeah, in the water because it's a drowning, them. you know, safety yes. hazard. Yep, exactly. You cannot wear them when on the slides or the rides or when swimming. So, um, flower and garden festival already also started very exciting. And then we got a sneak peek of the Polynesian room redesigns. Um, what did you guys think of them? I actually really liked it a lot. 
um, I think because of the fact that they put uh, more character back in to the to mm-hmm. the theming, I liked that. So I thought it looked really sleek, and I liked the bathroom update quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I love the bathroom update. I'm yeah. here for the bathroom update. Yeah. I've had very mixed feelings on it. I loved that they felt much lighter and brighter. The color palette is not my thing. And that sort of wall mural, it just felt a little busy to me, but I did love that it was a real Disney design. Like they did not go the route. I feel like they've been going for way too long now where it's almost like they tried to strip all the Disney out of the rooms. Like they, you know, the rooms could be, you know, any high-end hotel in any big city. Um, so I was thrilled to see that. So not my personal color palette, but that's okay. You know, that's that's what I like about the Disney resorts is there's, you know, if that's, if Polynesian, if the tiki thing isn't your theme, then there's the Grand Floridian. If that isn't your theme, then there's the Contemporary. And if that isn't the theme, then there's Art of Animation. You know, like there's a million choices. So um. I didn't love it for two reasons. One, I don't think it feels very Polynesian. Having been to a lot of hotels in Polynesia they're not that bright and airy and don't get me wrong I love bright and airy my house is you know everything is light colors and reflecting and and so it just to me it doesn't speak to what they were trying to do but my real gripe with it and I have this gripe with every hotel and I mean I have friends who are hotel interior design imagineers this is their job and i have sat her sat them down and i was like listen i'm not cool with what you're doing and it's the putting of no rugs in the room mm-hmm. and their reasoning is well oh it's easier to clean in the humidity i'm like no 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 I lived in Florida with a rug and didn't have a problem with cleaning it and humidity. You're just being lazy now. I'm on vacation. I don't have my slippers with me. I don't want to get out of bed in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning and put my feet on a cold floor. It does not feel welcoming or cozy. And I hate it. I hate. I'm with you on that one. I really, I I completely agree with you on that. (laughs) I I bring my slippers with me now. <laughs> yeah. I listen, I'm flying across the country. I don't have room to yeah. put one more thing in my luggage. Like, I just, I understand not having carpet near the bathroom or if it's one of the villas near, you know, the kitchen area or even the living area, fine. But by the beds, there should at least be a carpet, a rug. You could put a something. bath mat type thing there. Yeah, could you, like, yeah, could you yeah. toss me like a small area rug or something? Something. Like, yeah. I'm, like, I want to feel cozy here, Disney. I don't want to feel like everything's cool and like institutional. Or, if this is going to be your position, could you do like the like the hotels in Asia do and give me slippers? Right. And a yeah. fancy amenity kit, including a toothbrush and an emery board while we're at it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, like if that's your attitude, it's okay. We're we're taking away the rugs and we're putting in the floors. Fine. Give me some cute little, you know, Walt Disney World slippers. Like I've gotten it, you know, almost every hotel I've stayed at in any other country but ours, yeah. you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I have literally a closet full of hotel yeah, slippers that I'm like, I'm just going to take because they give you new ones every day, every too. Day. They're not stingy. Yeah. I have like <laughs> six pairs of Corinthian London slippers. In my, you know, I've got the ones you guys sent me from Asia. I've got some from Korea. I've got like, yeah, there's yeah. slippers everywhere. Yeah. Which I guess begs the question why I don't pack them when I travel. But whatever. That's another. That's, that's I, I mean, I'm wearing, I'm wearing slippers right now. And I think. Because it's we have no carpet in my house, so it's cold in my house, like on the floor. So yeah, I'm wearing slippers too, but they're giant Uggs. Like I'm not packing those to yeah. take to oh, Orlando. No, mine, are, mine are little. Maybe I should put this on our packing list. They're just little 
No, no, no. These are little bitty foldable, like collapse. They're, they're big. Yeah, no, I've seen your slippers. Yeah. yeah. Because I travel with them because I am. Smart. That's right. Because you bring them with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that does it for the news this week. Coming up next, we have our listener Q&A. All right, let's get into it. I haven't even looked at these questions yet. I'm sorry. Charlotte typed them in and then I haven't had a chance to read them. So, all right, who's up first? I'll go first. Okay. Hi, hi, princesses. This is Maggie from Burbank. Hi, Maggie. Me too. Yay. I loved your last listener questions and I wanted to ask one too. I was inspired by the question about designing your own attractions, but I would love to know if you could design your own tour, what would it look like? I always loved going on the happy haunts and holiday tours at Disneyland. Thank you, Maggie. Yeah, that's, the happy haunts tour is so much fun. That's such so a good question. Fun. Yeah. I feel like they've, you know, I have to say Disney does a really good job of coming up with the tours before I could even think of them. Like, I really want to do the holiday behind the scenes, like holiday decor tour. That one's fun. Yeah. Um, I know what I would what do. I, I, I'm thinking I would do something along the line. Like, I want to go tour the event planning area. Like, we got to do that for work yeah, one day. But, that, like, but that's not, yeah. I would love a tour where I got to go and see, like, the Walt Disney World florist. Like, see the event planners. And maybe not even just, like, see where the event planners work, but see them working on an event. So, here I'm designing this centerpiece or, or whatever. Like, that to me would be super interesting. Like, you know, you see these events set up, you know, the wishes, dessert parties, and all of that. Or, I guess, I'm sorry, I should say fireworks, dessert parties. I want to see how they create that. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. I would like to see um, some more literally behind the scenes tours. Um, there, we got to go behind the scenes at the Haunted Mansion one time, and that was really the highlight of my Disney traveling. And then one time we went, and we were supposed to go behind the scenes of a Tower of Terror, and we could not because it was there something happened with that particular attraction and it was down and we couldn't go back there and it was just heartbreaking <laughs> to be <laughs> you know to be there and then to not be able to go and I've been backstage at the uh, American Adventure so just more things like that I get it that it's kind of a magical thing and they do have it on some tours now but not really for the general public yeah yeah I would love to do and like like a STEM tour. And this is just because this is where I am in my life. I have a kid who's, you know, in the process of starting to apply to colleges and he's going into engineering and would love to work for Disney someday as an Imagineer. I would love to, to see like a tour for like, you know, high school or college students. Like these are the different applications of STEM sciences, like at Disney, like this is how you could someday use this type of education. Mm -hmm. I just think that would be really cool and really inspirational for kids. Do they, I think they have those, but only for like school groups. Probably right? for like so, the youth groups. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I, I think that's what we, we got to take one of those STEM tours and that's how we did the behind the scenes at the haunted mansion. Right. It was mm -hmm. one of those school. And so they like, it's not just STEM, but like, you know, music and art and they have those different classes, but it's like, you know, this is your field trip for the day. Instead of going to see a show, you're going to Disney world and you're going to learn about math or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that more for the public versus just school groups or something. Cause you know, as an adult, it's definitely different than it yeah, is. Yeah, I just think it's super interesting. And yeah. I'm not STEM-minded at all, but I just think it's cool, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, Heather, you want to read the next one? Sure. 
Hello, princesses. That makes me very happy to hear. <laughs> so giggly. Okay, let's talk day spas. Okay. I have an upcoming girls Twist trip to arm. Walt Disney. What? Twist our arm. Yeah. Right? Like, fine, if we have to. So she has. I have an upcoming girls trip to Walt Disney World with one of my best friends, April 8th to 14th. A visit to the spa is always a priority on our vacations together. Originally, we had planned to try out Census Spa at Grand Floridian, but... That was a year ago, and you all know how that turned nice. out. <laughs> oh, boy. Wah, wah. We, have a, we have a split stay planned between Yacht Club and Contemporary, and I was thinking about Mandara Spa at the Dolphin. But despite calling and leaving messages and trying to book online, they have not been very eager to earn my business. I have been there once before, and my experience was okay, but not anything super special. With all of the Walt Disney World official spas currently closed, what other options are there? Have any of you been to any uh, been to the other nearby resort spas, the Four Seasons, Sheraton, etc., or do you think Mandara is our best bet? While we value convenience and would love to be able to just walk over to Mandara Spa, we could be swayed to go a bit out of our way to an off-property spa if they were significantly better. Or maybe you can all just use your super Disney princess powers and convince <laughs> Disney to open senses by April. Thanks, Jennifer. P.S. If it helps guide your recommendations, my favorite spas of all time are the spa at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs and Spa Grand at Grand Wailea Resort in Maui, which is a fantastic spot. Um, I will say, obviously, the Disney spas are closed, but they are nowhere near as nice as the spa at the Grand Wailea. So if that's the what you're hoping for, it's not that. Um, but I will say the spa at Saratoga Springs is bigger and nicer than the one at the Grand Floridian, in my I opinion. I agree on that. So the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando has a spa that is currently open, and I believe the Four Seasons spa is also open and accepting appointments as well. Four Seasons is technically on technically on site, I believe, um, so it wouldn't be difficult to get to. It would be just a quick Uber or Lyft ride over. Um, and Ritz-Carlton is not on site, but it's not super far it's away. not that far. Yeah, yeah, you could Uber or take a cab. I would... I would probably lean toward the Four Seasons, not knowing, I don't know anything about either of these spots, but I would probably lean toward the first Four Seasons just because it's closer. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I would look at both of them and see if one has a, a particular venue or something that strikes your fancy. That's you might, I guess, depending on what the experience is you're looking for or what... Um what treatments you're looking to get you may also want to look i don't know if the contemporary does it but i know the yacht club does they have you know they have their um kind of like gym slash beauty parlor downstairs that the, they also do massages there and i they do in-room massages so i don't know if those have been suspended i don't at this think time, those are available right now but yeah. i don't think the fitness centers are open right now i don't think so so it, i don't know might be just something to, to look into yeah but check the websites. I would check the website of the Ritz-Carlton Orlando and of the Four Seasons. And, and you know, they both of them have spa sections on their website. And you can look and see what the treatments are and look and see what the prices are and, you know, yeah. make your judgment accordingly. Gaylord, Gaylord Palms might have a I spa. might have one. I'm trying to remember if they have a spa or not. Can't Part of Marriott it. now. It's been a long time since I've been over there. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been there. So I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if they have a spa or not. Um, but I know that the Ritz and the Four Seasons do. So. Yeah, but let us know what you 
what you decide to do if you decide yes, to please. go. Mm -hmm. Oh, the other option is that I know that there are some um, furloughed or laid off fairy godmothers that are on the ear for each other group on Facebook that are doing private like makeup and facial and like godmother sessions. Oh, um, so oh, that's that might be an cute. option as well. Yep, definitely worth checking out if you you know if you want somebody who can maybe come to your room. Um, that would be probably the best way to do that. Yeah, it might not be a full treatment, but at least you could get something. something. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right, I'll read the next one. It says, hi, ladies. Thanks for answering my question. I should have told you the spe specifics. Oh, this is from Tiernan. Uh, we're going in June for my 40th birthday, my husband's 40th too, and to celebrate his retirement from the Army after 21 years. Thank him for his service, please. We're doing a split stay at Shades of Green and Saratoga. We plan on walking to the Polynesian to hop on the monorail and go to breakfast or brunch. Love the show from Tiernan. Very fun. Yay. Very fun. All right, well, it sounds like we already answered her question. Um, in the last episode that we did, um, we are doing a, a podcast on split stays coming up in just a few weeks. So if you're not going until June, it should be up in plenty of time for your trip. Yeah. Um, the Polynesian, I just want to make sure that you know, though, the currently the only monorail that is, there is no, mon, technically there is no monorail stop at the Polynesian. It's at the Ticket and Transportation Center, which is right next door. It's just a very short walk away. Um, and it is only the Magic Kingdom and Resort Loop that is running. The Epcot monorail loop is not running right now. So I just want to make sure you know that. That's all. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Charlotte, why don't you read the next one? Okay. Um, oh, and if, and if Tiernan, if you want more info about split stays before we get to it in a couple of weeks, I did write a blog post, what, three weeks yes. ago on that specific thing and some of the ins and outs of it. So. Okay, um, all right, this next one. Oh, shoot, I didn't write down who it's from. I'll have to go look, I'm sorry. Um, hi, ladies, I have a question for listener Q&A, or maybe it could be a whole podcast topic. We are visiting Hawaii next summer and have some plans to use DVC points for a one-bedroom villa at Aulani for the Oahu portion of our stay. What are a few must-do activities or meals at or around the resort? I'll be traveling with my husband and 10 and 12-year-old daughters thank you and happy belated birthday to heather oh thank you very much <laughs> heather this is all you <laughs> i was gonna say like should i roll up my sleeves okay yeah. um must do activities or meals at or around the resort because i can give you a whole list at or around the entire island but if we're asking specifically for aulani um you absolutely must no questions asked there is no room for negotiation do at least one meal preferably dinner at ama ama this is the signature restaurant at aulani and it is phenomenal it is a little pricey because it's disney pricing on top of hawaii pricing but you get everything you're paying for the food quality is amazing the entire restaurant is open air and it sits right above the beach so if you time it for sunset you can watch the sunset right in front of you um in pre-covid times i don't know if they've brought this back yet but they used to have um, hawaiian musicians that would sit there and serenade you during your dinner and it's just a wonderful experience but breakfast there is also amazing um, also, if you want to get off of Disney property, right across the street, I think it's maybe a five minute walk, there is a restaurant in the shopping plaza across the way called Monkey Pod, which is a very small Hawaiian chain and the food there is phenomenal. So if you don't feel like staying at the hotel, you want to go out, but you don't really want to go that far, Monkey Pod is it. Um, for activities, 
unfortunately, right now, Al- most of the activities at Alani have been. Um, oh, no. She's going next. I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to figure out if she's going. It has yeah, to be summer 2021, right? Because I don't no- know if she's. They haven't. Well, but if she's DVC and she owns there, she might have already been. I don't know. Yeah. Let's just assume you're going this summer. Next summer, maybe everything's open and this next statement is irrelevant but as of right now most of the activities at Aulani have been suspended so sadly the uh, Lani Vai Spa is closed the fitness center is closed um, they do storytelling around the fire pit at night uncle who's one of kind of the quote-unquote characters of Aulani does storytelling for 15 20 minutes two or three times a night um, that is phenomenal and you have to do it so I don't think it's operating now but if it is by the time of your trip please, please, please make sure you take some time to do that. And then also they have a room there. They call it the Pauhana room, which is really essentially um, a DVC uh, clubhouse type. You know, like they have the the club rooms at all the DVC resorts here. Uh, this is what theirs is called. And so you can rent um, DVDs and they have video games in there, but they have a full slate of activities. So I've done lay making, ukulele lessons, they've done hula lessons. There is also an art tour. So they'll take you on a tour around the lobby and do all of, you know, explain about all of the Hawaiian art because Elani has such an extensive collection of Hawaiian art. So please take advantage of any of the cultural activities that they offer there. Um, I know that they also do stargazing at night and non-COVID times. That is an extra charge because Elani doesn't charge you um, a resort fee. So a lot of this is included, but the stargazing is extra. But you go out onto the beach with kind of like an expert um, astronomer and they explain the stars to you, which is, and they learned like, you know, you learn about wayfaring. So that's a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, I can keep going. There is a (laughs) private snorkel lagoon in the uh, state of Hawaii at Aulani. So if you like to snorkel, you can do either supplied air snorkeling or regular snorkeling. Um, There's tons of water activities, catamaran rentals, you know, paddle boards, canoes, anything you can think of, get yourself out into the water because you are in Hawaii. You can also book um, surf lessons with the um, Aulani excursions desk while you're there. You can do it on your own as well. But if you're looking for ease, Aulani has a whole slate of um, excursions that you can book while you're there and kind of get out onto the island if you don't want to drive. And then, of course, the Menahune Adventure Trail, which I know, Charlotte, you've done too. Yeah, I did. That was fun. That's my favorite thing. I'm an adult. I We go as two adults and we still always play the Menahune Adventure yeah. Trail, which is basically like kind of like Agent P adventure in Epcot, you know, a digital scavenger hunt. And it's so uh, much And there fun. are what, three or four different different ones you could do. Oh, there's like seven there. Yeah, you could spend an entire day doing it. There's yeah. so much to do at Aulani. And then, you know, of course, if you have children, Auntie's Beach House, it, just park them there. They'll never leave. Uh, uh, that question was from Megan so sorry I didn't write that down earlier all right Uh, I'll just read this next one just because it's it's a short one Uh, this is from this is we have two questions from Nicole Gross so um, the first one is okay question it can be answered here or on the podcast she posted this in our Facebook group Uh, now that my go to Walt Disney World trip planner is no more rest in peace passporter I know I need a new one. Which planners are you using? <laughs> I don't I use I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have used in the past the unofficial guide, but mm-hmm. I don't 
I don't know. I just, I use my brain. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if she was asking about like, so with Passporter, because Passporter was kind of a unique thing because it was guidebook and planner. It had the pass pockets yeah. and the, you know, so I think, I think Nicole is asking more about like what, you know, physical planner, you know, calendar kind of system. I'm not familiar with anything and I don't personally use one. Um, I guidebooks, am, we could talk about guidebooks. That's different, you know. I am very, um, like, old school. I just take a piece of paper, like computer paper, and kind of, like, block off days, like, make my own very rudimentary calendar and just, like, okay, I have lunch here at 1 p.m. I'm going to this park. Like, any, like, that's really all I do. Just kind of, like, a very quick visual thing that I can see. So when I'm in the hotel room the next day, I'm like, oh, tomorrow's Epcot, and at 12 p.m. we're eating at Chefs de France. Like, yeah. that's really it. I don't have anything super in-depth if you stay at a resort with club level and um they will print you out but you don't even have to ask but you can ask they will print you out what you have reservations for the next day and like leave it in your room at turn down surface and i always find that helpful and then other than that i usually just use my disney experience and i'm most of the time in case the website goes down or something or i can't get into it on my phone I take a screenshot of my fast passes for the day mm -hmm. and my plans. Um, but other than that, I've, I really don't, don't do it. So, yeah, I have an Excel spreadsheet that I use that it's set up sort of like a block calendar, you know, and it has a space for where I'm eating breakfast. If I have a reservation, lunch, dinner, and then what park I'm going to be in, in each day and what those park hours are. That's pretty much all I'm using. Yeah. I, I've, I'm a terrible personal planner like I plan so much for other people that I just don't uh do it for myself very much so I bet you you could find something on on Etsy I'm sure there's, there's somebody tons. out there right like it, there's gotta be yeah yeah that would be my recommendation all right Heather why don't you read um part two of Nicole's question <laughs> <laughs> I told you that I didn't want to do this one specifically because, Nicole, I'm going to say know, something that you're not going to be happy with. And Nicole's question is, why is everyone hating on Frozen Ever After? Olaf is the best thing to ever happen to Maelstrom. And to that, Nicole, I say you're incredibly wrong. Olaf is not <laughs> the best thing that has ever happened to Maelstrom. Olaf is the worst thing that's ever happened to Maelstrom. Maelstrom is amazing. Also, I found my pictures on my phone the other day of the last day of Maelstrom because I had a fast pass and I'm devastated. I will say it again. I hate Frozen Ever After. It does not belong in Epcot. It is a fictitious movie about a fictitious city in a fictitious country does not belong in the world showcase where I'm supposed to be learning about Norwegian culture it belongs in fantasy land at the magic kingdom. And if it was there, then I would actually enjoy the ride. That's all. That's why we're hating on frozen ever after. Okay. For the record, I like frozen. Ever I, like it. <laughs> I just, I just don't like it better than maelstrom. I, it does upset me that I, everything that Heather said is true, but it doesn't make me hate frozen ever after. <laughs> it makes right. me hate it. I do think it should be at the magic kingdom yes. uh, mm -hmm. rather than in the world showcase, but yes, that's yes. But I do like the ride and I will 100% uh, be singing along every single time. <laughs> yeah. And I I did like Maelstrom. I did think that especially that movie at the end needed an update big time. That update, that movie at the end needed an update 20 years yeah, before. Yeah, but the movie is not part of the ride. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. But uh, it was, I liked that movie and it was sad that everybody just walked past it because it was just so outdated and loud. It was very loud. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. 
All right. It looks like this is our last question. Uh, Charlotte, you want to take it? Yes. This is from Carolyn. Hi, ladies. I have uh, I have a question about using a trip planner. My family is hoping to do a reunion type trip for my parents' forty parents' fortieth wedding anniversary. We were originally thinking about going in November 2021, but we've had to push that date out, maybe November 2022 or early 2023. Uh, you have all convinced me to use a trip planner for our trip. How did she means it, travel agent? Just uh, in case yes. anybody, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, she not means travel. planner like the, yep. the guidebook thing. Um, how does it work with multiple households booking separately? My parents and one brother have been going to Disney every couple of years lately. I haven't been since 2008, Sob, and we have two young <laughs> oh, kids. No. Uh, hopefully, my other brother and sister-in-law can make it as well. That said, my parents and brother are used to planning themselves and booking separately from each other. I'm assuming they will do the same for this upcoming trip. They're already talking about resort areas, which makes me think we'd be at different resorts. But I think it would be easier to coordinate uh, with our plans if we use one of you. I appreciate any thoughts you have on this topic. Um, and... Carolyn, she is, says, P.S., or uh, Sarah, she says, I'm from Western Mass, so I love hearing your Hartford BDL references. <laughs> <laughs> just over the border from me, not far yeah. at all. Okay, I just, I need to answer this one because this is one of my pet things. This is what was one of my favorite things when I was an active travel agent. I think multi-generational trips are like the number one reason to use a travel agent. Why? Because family is difficult. And when you're, and I've actually written an entire <laughs> blog post about this. So there is a blog post on DisneyParkPrincess.com about tips for multi-generational trips to Walt Disney World. So go and check that out. But family is complicated. And when you're trying to get multiple people with different schedules, with different budgets, with different likes and dislikes, it's just so much easier to have each person communicating those things to a neutral party, such as a travel agent. Right. It just makes everybody's lives so much easier than bickering with each other about, uh, you know, budget or I don't want to stay here or I don't want to stay there. Um, it takes the emotion out of it, <laughs> you know, um, and it is important to coordinate certain things during the trip that are group activities. Right. But the idea that everybody needs to be in lockstep for the entire trip is the fastest way I know of to set a a family trip up for failure. It's it's just not the case. <laughs> you do not need to spend every waking moment of every single day today. You don't all need to stay in the same hotel. You don't all need to go on the same rides. Like it's really important to allow each family group or each individual to have some degree of autonomy during a trip. And that's, I think where a travel agent can be really, really handy. So I'm very glad, um, that you've decided to use it. And, you know, then what you do is you just, you pick one travel agent and you say, okay, this is the approximate dates of our trip. And it's good to give a window because not everybody's going to have exactly the same. Like you don't even necessarily all have to check in and check out on the same day. You just want to make sure that you've got a core set of dates that you overlap on. Right. Um, and then just let everybody take it from there. Let the travel agent handle it from there on. Yeah. I think it's important to know too, when thinking of a multi-generational trip or just a big group trip in general, general, where you have three, four, five rooms, it's not one reservation. Each room will be handled as a separate reservation. Yep. So if room one wants to stay here and room three over here and room five has different dates, that's okay because it's all different. It's not one big reservation where everybody has to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. 
Right. And it, sometimes it works best to say, okay, I'm going here on this date. I'll meet you for dinner at this place. Yep. Yeah. You just can separate it out as much as you can. Sometimes that works out. And sometimes it works out that be all together all the time. That's fine too. Um, but either way, however you do it, even if your parents and brother decide to book directs with Disney or with a different travel agent, we can still link your reservations together. We can still do a lot of things for you, you and not, and just not them. We can't adjust their reservation, but right. we can still be right. linked with them. Even if you book through a travel planner and they do not. Yep. Yeah. All right. That was our last question. Thank you we so much, Carolyn. <laughs> if you would like to hear your question answered on an upcoming podcast, feel free to send us an email at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com. If you would like to literally hear your question, then you can send us a voice memo recorded on your phone using the voice memo app. Make sure that you hold the phone up to your head just as though you were making a phone call, not on speakerphone, which is the way I use my phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just email that to us as well. You can also post it in the Disney Park Princess Facebook group. Um, all of those things will get it to our attention and we will make sure that we include it in an upcoming listener Q&A podcast. Uh, Charlotte, what is on schedule for next week? Oh, that is a real good question. Why don't you talk <laughs> about uh, Patreon and then I will... All right, well, it. while she's looking that up, our Patreon extra this week is devoted to our pets. If you've been listening to us for a long time, then you know that we are all crazy pet people. We all have... Mul how many pets? All right, between us, how many pets are there? Four. I have four. I have six. So eight, six. I have six. It's a lot of pets. <laughs> Too many pets. Um, next week, yeah, we're talking about that. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, Angela, who you heard on the Patreon Extra last week. She sent in a question about a three-generation family Disney cruise for 2023. So uh, we're yes. going to be so back to generational. Okay, yep. so next week will be all about multi-generational cruising specifically, but I bet we'll probably get some world and land talk in there as well. Because really, when it comes to organizing a multi-generational trip, a lot of the things are, there's a lot of overlap. Um, but cruising in particular actually is, uh, okay, that topic just makes me so happy because it's like, <laughs> that's just such a good option. Okay, anyway. Uh, all right, so if you are a Patreon supporter, stay tuned for us ranting and raving and um, adoring our pets some of whom are making us very crazy right now. Um, <laughs> and if you're not a Patreon supporter, then go to www.patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess. Also make sure that you are following us on Instagram and on Facebook, on YouTube, and all of those other fun places. Heather has um, some fun Instagram stuff coming up, so make sure that you're following us there at instagram.com slash Diz Park Princess in that case. I think it's D-I-S-P-A-R-K-P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S. Um, and make sure that you're checking both our feed and our stories because we do stuff in both places. Anything else? Did I miss anything? I think that's it. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us this week on episode 120 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.